Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all walks of life. Sometimes I do sermons from the divine. In our household, we worship the Holy Trinity, Father of all of us, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I share music with you that He creates through me, inspires through me. I'm a descendant of King David, and King David's son, Solomon, is pretty famous as well for uh, writing music as well. I was just reading in 1 Kings chapter 4, let's see, verse 32, um, this is speaking about Solomon's wisdom and whatnot. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs numbered 1,005. And I just think that's so neat. I'm in that, that bloodline and whatnot, and... Um, I've only written a little over a hundred songs, but I'm just getting started. <laughs> so, uh, however the father decides this sermon will go, it will go. After I was reading that, he said, uh, he gave me the topic, hope beyond all hope. So maybe there's going to be music. I don't know. He guides this. Um, I do have coffee, so I'm going to sip in between. And um, we're going to give it a go. First things first. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to encourage these listeners, to encourage this person that's listening right now that might be struggling. Maybe they're going through a difficult season, Father. Maybe they lost a loved one. They're going through a divorce. They got a terrible diagnosis from their doctor. And they're wondering, when does it get any better? Father, I thank you and I praise you that you are in charge of all things. And you can turn things around in a moment. I thank you and I praise you for this opportunity to speak hope beyond all hope. To speak the truth. Equip me with scriptures. Equip me with stories. And block anything that would prevent these people from hearing exactly what you desire me to say. I thank you and I praise you in your heavenly name. Amen. Hmm. He says, speak about the first time you heard about hope. The first time. I was probably in Sunday school. Okay. Life Center Church, I guess they talked about it. Um, we went to a few different churches growing up. Um, when I was really little, we went to a Baptist church. And uh, the secondary church was a little bit larger. It was called Life Center Christian Church in Tacoma, Washington. They've got a few branches, and they've got a private school for kids and whatnot. Pretty cool leadership. Um, some of the leadership is still there. I think Pastor Buntain is since gone and retired, passed away, but uh, Pastor Kenton Lee, the music pastor, is, I believe, still there. They did their last Christmas tree last year. With it. They had a huge kids program. So they called Super Church. You'd have your big church service for kids with all the 300 kids and all the you know age ranges for children, and then you would branch off into your, your um, age-appropriate or grade-appropriate groups and have lessons 
And I remember, I don't remember specifically them saying the words hope, but I remember learning about service and tithing and how my dad was so excited to give me money so that I could tithe to the church. We had these little banks, these little plastic yellow containered banks, and they wanted um, to talk to us about the importance of tithing and how they showed us in the Bible where it says it's, it's a blessing to give and it's honoring to God when we give. And <clears throat> I remember learning about that, talking about it, and being reminded from my father that he, he knew that that was good. And um, my father gave me a verse. I'm trying to figure out how this ties in. James 4, 9. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. What I learned in a variety of, of sermons growing up and going to funerals, my mom saying, for people's funerals and weddings and was on the worship team and whatnot. And so I was exposed to um, all stages of life, including loss of life. And I remember very specifically being taught that we should, we should match people with their emotional state. If they are joyful, we should be joyful with them. If they are grieving, we should grieve with them it's it's demonstrating empathy um, and I think that's what the father desired through that that verse that revelation all right next we're going to talk about youth group youth group memories um, so we had a couple and then they had uh, moved on to another church. They got promoted, I think, to main pastors. Um, Josh and Sarah Wagner were one or two years of my junior high years at Clover Creek Bible Fellowship under the direction of Pastor Mike and Cindy Riches. That was a really neat church. And uh, they taught us how to have fun within the church setting, um, how to be honorable and very gender-specific roles and how um, that's kind of scripted out in the Bible and whatnot. There was no confusion of what identities we had, which um, I think helped a lot. <laughs> If, if they would have been around during the now times teaching the youth, and, and they might still be, I'm not sure, I haven't kept in touch. Um, I remember uh, doing a slumber party at their house and Josh was uh, gone having a guy's weekend trip and so we stayed the night with Sarah and um, we watched movies and had popcorn and um, she showed us her bed and she said, one thing that I want you girls to know 
when the time is right for you to get married is one thing that we do is we make sure if we are upset with each other, we will not go to sleep until we work it out, until we have a conversation about it. Because it says in the Bible to not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And I remembered that, and I thought that that was a very powerful message because I I love my parents, don't get me wrong, um, but they had a lot of arguments growing up, and I never got to hear them fix it. They would fix it in private, and I think that was something that I would do differently if I was given the chance to have children and whatnot, to show them you can have problems in a healthy relationship, it's normal, but you can also find solutions and work together as a team and whatnot. They got a promotion and they moved out uh, to, 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 I think, northern Washington somewhere. And then Paris, Pastor Paris came in and he brought so much hope, so much hope beyond all hope. Because he brought truth, he brought excitement, he brought drama, he brought all the things, and he was a great connector. He brought us college age. He was, I believe, he was in college at the time when he when he did it, or he was just graduated college, um, and so he made connections with the college students at the the neighboring colleges, um, Pacific Lutheran University, and I think uh, Pierce Community College, maybe TCC Tacoma Community College, and. They would come, there was about maybe five or six of them would come every Sunday and we would have our lessons out in the portable. That was where we all met because the church was so large. We didn't have large classroom sizes for the youth program that was growing and growing and growing. And he was a high school youth pastor and we had worship out there. We had our little mini worship band um, just for size and whatnot. Um, And I remember being so joyful in my high school years when he came, when he showed up. And uh, he got some of us out of our comfort bubbles. I remember going to a leadership weekend on Lake Tanwax. I think they've closed this place down, but they had a lot of summer camps and things there. And this was in the wintertime, so we stayed in the log cabin. There was maybe 15 or 20 of us. We went with Pastor Paris. Janet Cowden was one of the leaders that went. And I think there might have been, I think her husband Pat might have gone. And there might have been one other person that helped with cooking and whatnot. And that was a really neat weekend. That was leadership weekend. He wanted to raise the leaders of the youth program. And he invited high school students to go. And he... I was one of the ones that he invited, and I thought, wow, that's so neat, so cool. And I remember journaling, and that helped a lot. So if you're struggling, going through a difficult season, no matter what age you are, journaling has been found in the literature to be continually successful for people, Um, whether it's journaling, scripted journaling, whether it's freehand journaling, whether it's bullet journaling, whether it's miracle morning method, whatever the method is for you, as long as you journal, it's helpful. And if you journal a lot, great. If you journal a little, great. Um, Reviewing your journal entries can be super helpful as well to see how far you've come. There isn't a leader in history that I don't respect that wasn't a journal 
person as well. I think all the presidents of America journal, former presidents. Um, so yeah, that's my pitch for journaling. So we, we journaled on prompts. I remember he had asked us specific things of what to go over and we prayed and we meditated and then we had small group discussions. We worshiped together. It was neat. Um, I think us ladies stayed in the log cabin now that I'm thinking about it. The ladies, I think, stayed in the log cabin and then the guys had one of the, there was one of the smaller buildings <clears throat> that I think they stayed in. And they had like bunk bed mattresses and whatnot. I stayed there when I was in sixth grade for summer camp, so I remembered the nostalgia of it. <laughs> it was so neat. If you have an opportunity, if you're a parent and your child this, this coming up summer um, desires to go to a summer camp, let them go. There are so many positive memories that can come out of summer camps. And if you can't afford it, if it's through a church, they oftentimes will have people that will donate to help get your kid to be able to go. Um, our grandma would do that. Uh, she was a nurse, so she actually would volunteer to be the nurse at the summer camp so all her kids got to go for free. She worked it and um, allowed them the chance to have some positive summer memories and whatnot. So in any case, like Tan Wax leadership course for high school students, that was a great memory. Shortly after that, there was some accusations that were made. Um, I believe false accusations um, against Pastor Paris and he had to resign. It was really sad. Um, only, only God knows the truth between him and the people that he was with. Um, he was a great leader to us. He was always respectful. He was a person of color. He was hilarious. He always brought so much energy and vigor he got my middle brother, who was super introverted, to sing for our entire high school in the portable when he started to hear that he was pursuing music and the passion of it, and he encouraged him to, to pursue his dreams. He was a great person, great man, and I actually had him as a guest on the Move Happy Movement podcast in... Um, I think it was in the first season. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because I was still living, living in Nashville, Tennessee at the time and recorded the episode. And I was, I was honestly in tears when I heard what came out of his mouth. And um, if you'd like to review that episode, uh, you, can, you can search through on the website on our podcasting platform website, themovehappy.podbean.com. We have to scroll through all the newer episodes and find that one. I'm not sure what month we did it, but it would have been somewhere in 20, I think 19, early on. So great person, great human being. And um, he brought us hope. He brought us truth. He taught us the word. We'd hold our Bibles up. He'd say, all right, get your Bibles. And I think we stood. Yeah, I think we stood up. He's like, why don't you repeat after me? I have. 
what the word says I have and I am who the word says I am and then we do like another call repeat I can't remember how that went but that was something we did every Sunday it was a rhythm that he was establishing and then you dive into the scriptures and we had flatbed truck weekends where we were doing worship and we were going into the city and we were spreading the word like wildfire lots of people were getting saved lots of people were getting baptized hope beyond all hope community was being formed but at the same time when that happens the enemy sees that and starts attacking right because we're in a war whether you want to believe it or not we're in a spiritual battle and uh, right around that time our main pastors for the adult services Mike and Cindy Riches they started diving into what is biblical it is scriptural but they started diving into demon possession and having footholds and that confused some Christians of the church that were donating you know they they were tithing members of the church and we lost I think two-thirds of our church body because of it they didn't want to believe that you as a Christian could have a foothold but it says it right in the Bible that you can have a foothold they didn't want to believe in demons. They didn't want to believe in all that scary stuff and that we could we could remove demons out of people. When Jesus died and he rose again, he gave us all the same gifts that he had. And he said, you're going to do even greater things than I have. But you got to stay close to the Father. And that freaked out a lot of people. And so they left. And that happens in churches sometimes. So what do you do? What do you do? You keep moving forward. That's what you do. All right, Father, what's next? What do you desire me to speak on? All right. So we talk a little bit about college life, church life. College isn't for everybody. Um, I decided to go to college because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with my life, and they were, they were definitely cramming college down our throats in our school district. Um, and uh, so there was a church that was right behind, physically behind our church or our school. And one of my friends started attending that church and whatnot. And so I had visited a few times in high school um, when she had started going to the church called Rainier View Christian Church. I'm not sure if they've changed names since then, but still friends with many of these people. But really neat couple. I, I wrote a blog about when I first started blogging on the Move Happy website. Uh, Pat and Janet Allen. They... I believe that's their names. And now I'm thinking that might not be right. Might not be Pat, but I know it's Janet. Yeah, I know it was the Allens. They were so neat. Um, they they found a hole, something that was not so strong in their church body, uh, where there was a need. We had uh, a lot of college students, 
that were attending and a lot of military um, people were attending the church. It was right down the road from, you could literally, I think across the street, the fence was the Air Force base. And then, you know, a few miles down the road was the um, Army post, JBL, well, it's now Joint Base, um, Lewis McCord. But in any case, at that time, uh, there was a lot in the college and working group in the younger class, 18 to 20-somethings. And so they called this group the 18 to 20-somethings group. And we met every week at the Allens. They made us a spaghetti feed dinner, and we brought the side dishes, and then we had fellowship, and we had a little Bible study lesson. Um, one of the, they led it for a while, and then after a while, they became just the hosts. Um, I don't want to say just the host because they did a lot, but they became the host. And then uh, some of the leaders within the group started facilitating the Bible study lessons. And it was just a neat, neat group of people that helped me when I was struggling with um, PTSD after being raped from a boyfriend in college. Um, it was nice to be around uh, God-fearing people and... Um, have a regular thing that I could get plugged into uh, to stay hopeful. So, um, unfortunately, rape happens. It's very common in college. It's very common to be raped um, under the influence of alcohol. I think they say like 75 to 85% of rape victims are under the influence. Um, and it can take a while to grieve through that process and heal. And one of the best uh, methods is through um, being around people, socializing and spiritual health is very important as well. <clears throat> and um, the that group of people were were good people. The person that had invited me that had started going to the church um, the last f few months of our high school, uh, I had known since we were in diapers at the Baptist church that I grew up at. So I trusted her judgment and and I liked it a lot. Um, we connected, many of us were into fitness and if you've ever lived in the Northwest, there's lots of hiking places. And uh, so we did a couple of excursions midweek. Cause I think we met on Sundays for the Bible study and so like Tuesday or Wednesday we were like hey it's summertime you know if you don't have work we're gonna go on a hike to Mount Rainier and so many of us did that and uh, we helped one of the gals that was moving uh, move her things out of her apartment and it was just like becoming kind of like a close-knit family you know hanging out with healthy positive people which is uh, our, our social health is one of the strongest predictors of our depression and or our happiness. Um, if we're hanging around the right kinds of people, it can definitely boost our mood. It can protect our mental health. Um, if we're hanging around negative Nellies or those that are, you know, getting us under the influence of alcohol or drugs, you know, that can be extremely negative. Or if we're self-isolating, we're not hanging around anybody, it's extremely risky behavior uh, for your mental health so be choosy when it comes to who you hang around and uh, this this group was really neat still connected to many of those people today uh, there was a couple that had met through the group that had gotten married before I moved across the country 
Um, he was in the Air Force. I believe he's a pilot. And she was from France. And she had come with her family, moved to America. And it was the most beautiful love story. So cute. So she was actually still dating someone back home and was kind of on the fence about, you know, moving back to France. And he let her know that he had um, strong intentions to marry her and whatnot. And so then they started dating. And he secretly learned French from her sister's sister. Forget how many siblings she has. And he proposed to her one year on the, like at the Eiffel Tower, like at the top. They like did, you know, a little tour up to the top. And he proposed to her in French. And it was the cutest thing. And of course she said yes and whatnot. Now they're married and they've got a child or two and it's just it's fun to watch um, online and whatnot and see how many of these people are you know living happy joyful lives and uh, if you have the opportunity the space in your area to start your own you know college age working young workers bible study group at your place and you'd find that there's not one already available for people at your at your church or your um, you know religious synagogue or temple whatnot start one start one because that can help that can help bring you um, cheap labor (laughs) if you need work done around your house (laughs) and it can bring uh, a lot of joy to people in that younger age category that are probably not doing so hot since the since the pandemic. A lot of these people uh, were, you know, if they're young college, like freshmen, they were in high school when the pandemic happened, and lots of lies were told, and and uh, we're all struggling a little bit. So if we can help each other out, why not? Why not? Hope beyond all hope. We all define hope differently, but. And in the Bible, it it defines it as having a purpose. Something in the future that that draws us to keep going, that gets us out of bed. And that purpose is to spread the love of the Father in my belief system. Spread His love around the whole earth. Love Him first. Love others second. And everything else will sort itself out. It's not about how much or how little money you make. It's not about how healthy or how sick you are. Those can definitely play a factor in our mood. Uh, But if we cling to him, if we stay close to him, if we pray, if we have fellowship with other believers, where there are two or more gathered in his name, he is in your midst. He is he is the ultimate healer. He is the ultimate provider. He is our everything. All right, Father. I uh, fasted, did a 24-hour fast. I was planning on doing a little bit longer than that, uh, but I decided to, to cut it loose. But Father desires for me to speak on that. Um, you can do spiritual fasts 
this was more to to see how it could help my energy and my mental clarity and whatnot. I had been seeing online a lot of people doing a 72-hour fast, 48-hour fast and whatnot. And if you read in the scriptures, Jesus fasted in the desert 40 days and 40 nights. I didn't do as strict as he did. I still had my coffee, (laughs) coffee and water. Um, But I will say I did start to notice some changes, even though it was only a 24-hour thing. And we actually were encouraged about fasting when I was in high school um, through our pastor Mike Riches, he was speaking about it because he was he was diving into the word and teaching us as much as he could teach us from the word, which I thought was the neatest thing. And he he guarded or um, advised families. He said, you know, listen up if you've got young ones that could possibly have eating disorders. Don't encourage them to fast because they have an eating disorder already. They don't need to do that. And he, he showed us how we could fast through a meal and or fast off of our computers to take time specifically intentionally to pray and worship or pray for other people. And the, the power behind fasting, honestly. And uh, two falls ago in 2022, we were, we had just executed August 18th, 2022, the Real Entertainment Therapy Experience. Um, And... I started getting cyber attacked. People um, used, they abused their powers in the deep state. They hacked into the internet using satellite interception miles wide and got my bank account. Like my, our, they hacked into the entire bank and were messing with my money. They tried to get me framed with all the January 6th nonsense. And... Um, I was being sexually harassed at my job at that time. I was, I was in the process of hiring a lawyer. I witnessed racism of a person of color, a trans person of color, and they were my eyewitness. I was dealing with a lot at that time, and I had lost my job. The eyewitness was threatened, and they stopped paying my eyewitness, and that, and they owed them a lot of money. The lawyer told me, don't quit. Whatever you do, don't quit. Well, then I found out that my eyewitness had quit, and the company legally did not have to take their testimony because they were no longer employed. So I had advised that person to not quit, that they didn't keep their promise. So when I reported the sexual harassment to the corporate level, they tried to cover it up. 
Um, the first person that interviewed me was a person of color. I told her about the racism. She tried to pretend like she didn't hear it. I recorded the call because that's legal to do so in my state. And then she had emailed me and CC'd a bunch of people that I didn't know, harassing me, telling me that um, the racism was a new claim and that we would handle that and blah, blah, blah. And I wrote her back and I said, I actually recorded our interview. I did speak about the racism. That is not a new thing. They both work hand in hand together. And I am tired of being disrespected. And I was dealing with that. And so I didn't have any money coming in. I had just moved into my first place. I am married. I'm a veteran spouse. But people tried to kill my husband and I a few months before that. After about 19 days of marriage, I had to move out and start all over. You want to talk about hope beyond all hope. I've had to start over so many times, but I just keep trusting that the Lord is going to provide for me. And he has and he will. And at that time, I had received an opportunity. They made it look so real to be a brand ambassador for an energy drink company and their sponsoring medical group was a hospital that was in my state they had geo-targeted me the deep state had been doing it all over America I didn't know that the Thai energy drink real company number two in Thailand at that time the hospital real hospital. I had never been there before, but I looked it up and it was a real hospital on the other side of the state. Uh, they had an application process. They made it look very real. I applied, submitted all the things that I needed to submit. They said, you will get a certain amount of money to drive around in your own vehicle and wear our swag. We're going to mail you swag. We're going to um, decal your car. And um, it'll be a temporary thing that will be covering your car that is fully removable. Um, we're going to mail you the money to give to the car person because we live in Thailand. And so it it doesn't transfer. We can't pay them with our money. I was like, okay, that sounds real. Sounds legit. So I'm applying, I'm signing up through the process. And then they send me, uh, my U S connection. My U S connection person is going to be kind of the, uh, what do you call it? POC, the per the person of contact, point of contact. And I had never met this person before. I didn't know who this person was. He started messaging me, texting me, directions. I said, all right, I'd like to have a phone call because at this point I'm kind of like weirded out. There's all these different steps involved. They were very strategic about it. And then he added me on LinkedIn and I could see that he was some sort of politician. I had never met him before and I thought, well, this is kind of odd. And he said, sure, we can talk. Um, I've got a meeting. I've got to be at. Let's talk a little bit later today. And then he kept evading having the phone call. That's when I knew it wasn't real. That's when I started fasting to the Father above because what they were doing, they were trying to set me up 
with all this January 6th bullshit. And I don't curse lightly. I got a mouth on me. I don't just pull out words and nonsense for no reason. I've had to deal with this deep state. Mother truckers who need to be reminded that the Lord above all lords loves me, protects me, and all of King David's children are blessed as long as they stay close to the Father. And I fasted for three days because I knew they were trying their best to get me arrested and or find my location. They were sending me opportunities on previous apps that I had been a part of. DoorDash, a couple of different opportunities they sent me. You get $1,000 free cash, but you got to allow us access to your location. I knew exactly what was going on. I fasted for three days. I just popped up um, on the search here, uh, the power of fasting. I'll just read it for you a little bit. Um, this is from the churchofjesuschrist.org. Fasting is the opportunity to bring ourselves to God, and in doing so, our faith in Christ grows into spiritual strength. As we humbly remember his glorious character, our souls can be filled with perspective, trust, comfort, and joy. This is one powerful outcome of fasting and prayer. I fasted for three days. The Father told me to fast, not eat anything. I think I drank water. I fasted. I read my scriptures. I turned my phones off. I didn't know what to do. They had shut my bank down. I had received the check from this organization that was trying to get me involved in the January 6th nonsense. They sent me a check. That check had Oprah Winfrey's signature on it. I didn't notice that until I was looking at the copy from the bank. The bank instantly flagged my account as fraudulent activity. They took $1,500 of my mother's money that she sent me in emergency to make sure that I was paying my bills on time. They took all of my money. I said, if this check was fraudulent, then why don't you just take the fraudulent money? How are you stealing my money from me? This isn't mine. This is my mom's money. It didn't make any sense. I had maybe like $30 left in cash. That was it. Zero money coming in, zero food, and I was about to be isolated, stuck, not being able to drive anywhere. I, I fasted for three days. You better believe I fasted. Whew. Hope beyond all hope. I was thanking the Father, praising Him, journaling anytime He encouraged me to journal, reading. He would give me scriptures and whatnot. And uh, it was a very, very challenging time in my mind. But definitely not boring. Definitely not boring. So after the uh, the three days, he told me to go somewhere in my car. 
I can't exactly remember. Oh, it was uh, to go to the Manic Cafe. It's uh, an area in my uh, in my in my town, not not super close, but down the road, it's a, a place like a food bank where you could get food and they have resources for other things. And uh, I got in my car and I started to go out of the parking lot and this lady flags me down. And at first I drove past her because I was like, I didn't know if she was waving at me or whatever. And then something told me to turn around and go check on her. It was an older um, person of color. And I said, ma'am, are you okay? I'm sorry, I saw you. And I was just kind of, I'm, I'm on my way somewhere else, but I saw you waving, are you all right? And she said, no, I'm not all right. They keep canceling my ride. I'm trying to get my granddaughter, she lives with me. I'm trying to get her a ride to go to work. She's gonna be late to work. I said, okay, well, where does she work? And she told me, and it was right, gonna be on the way down to where I needed to go. So I said, okay, I can take her there, no problem. She said, Okay, yeah, I'll give you gas money. I said, sure, no problem, it's fine. Um, I said, do you want to ride with me since I'm <laughs> kind of a stranger? She's like, sure, yeah, it's fine. So I told her where I was gonna go, and um, I said, I'll come, I'll drop you off, and then I'll head in that direction. She's like, okay, cool. And so we got to talking and whatnot. Hilarious lady, oh my gosh. So she's raised her granddaughter basically from birth and. She gave me some gas money. I said, you're actually helping me out. I said, I'm, I'm in a situation and uh, I could use all the prayers and all the help I could get. So I said, if you need any more rides for you or your granddaughter, you let me know. She's like, okay, yeah. Um, <clears throat> she goes to the school that's like 20 minutes down the road and there's no bus that comes out this way because she said she had to move for some reason and they don't they don't send the buses out to her neighborhood. I was like, okay, yeah, I can help with that. That's fine. And uh, the father provided me just enough to help me continue getting gas. I got my food. I got enough food for a whole month and I knew I was gonna be all right. And um, reached out to a friend of a friend that had helped out with our first real entertainment therapy experience. And uh, I said, I'm, I'm going through a situation. I'm going to need temporary housing because I'm going to be kicked out of this place once, once, I, uh, once they find out that I can't pay rent next month unless I get you know some miracle money coming through and whatnot. And so they were able to help me, and I was... Oh, humbly applying to jobs within walking distance because I didn't have a lot of gas money. I didn't want to waste the gas on driving around town when I could just walk to neighboring businesses and whatnot. And uh, that is the power of fasting. It gives you clarity of mind. It gives you when you're praying and you're intentionally fasting, it gives you a closeness with God that uh, nothing else can compare with. So I encourage you to do that because that will bring hope back into your life if you're struggling. We made it through that, that uh, situation and uh, still haven't been reconnected to my husband yet, but I believe that's coming soon. I believe that's coming soon.
he did ask for a divorce to protect me because these evil people, they tried their best to make me look like I had betrayed him. And he trusted me. So he never signed any of the paperwork that I had mailed to him. I didn't understand really what was going on back then, and it's still kind of muddy waters for me. But I trust that the Father connected us together, and he'll bring us together again in his perfect timing. So if you're going through a difficult season where maybe you're separated from your husband or your wife or your partner and you're you're struggling with getting out of bed, struggling with life, you're not alone. <clears throat> Fasting is great. Praying is great. Listening to positive, encouraging music is, is great. Calling a friend that is an encourager that's positive is great. Movement is wonderful. Movement, moving around your house, moving in your neighborhood, maybe go for a walk if you got nice weather. And even if you don't, put on a coat, put on some gloves, put on a hat, and get outside. <clears throat> Especially if you can get some sunshine. Vitamin D can help boost your mood. What else, Father? Anything else? All right. If you'd like to connect with the Father that I know and love, that loves you deeply, and have a direct connection to Him at any time, repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for this gift of salvation. I can't earn it or buy it. You give it freely to those who believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, I know I make mistakes. I'm a sinner, and I need your forgiveness. Please forgive me and come into my heart and never leave my side. I pray this in your heavenly name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, we want to welcome you to the family. Your next step is to get plugged into a Bible-based church. Keep God first place. Any ask, Father? Okay. Uh, if this show has uh, added value to you in any capacity, we've got Valentine's coming up. I would love it if you would write a Valentine card to myself or my husband and mail it. Mail it to our ministry address. 1477 Tiny Town Road Box number 191 Clarksville, Tennessee 37042 And if you want to include chocolate I won't be mad. I prefer dark but whatever you prefer. Thank you. Thank you in advance. Love you guys. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. And we'll see you next time.